0: Welcome to the Business Power Hour hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real life stories and techniques to power up your business.
1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer and I am passionate about working with business professionals to help them use the tools that. Are out there that can make them and their businesses the best possible that they can be and to that end I am so thrilled today to be talking with D. Anthony Miles PhD so please join me in welcoming Dr. Miles
0: hello Deb how are you thank you so much for having me
1: oh you know this is gonna be so much fun because you have so much great information I can already pretty much guarantee we have to have you
0: on again oh absolutely most definitely
1: great well let me tell folks just a little bit about you. Okay. So D. Anthony Miles, a PhD, is an entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of Miles Development Industries Corporation, a consulting practice and venture capital acquisition firm. An award-winning professor and researcher, Dr. Miles also serves as a legal expert witness who provides expert testimony for local, state, and federal court cases. Dr. Miles is a radio talk show host and executive producer of Game On Business Talk Show Radio. A nationally known expert in the field of entrepreneurship and marketing, Dr. Miles is a best-selling author of Risk Factors and Business Models, Understanding the Five Forces of Entrepreneurial Risk. For more information, visit him at mdicorpventures.com. So again,
0: welcome, Dr. Miles. Thank you, Deb. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
1: Great. Great. Well, let's just really jump in because you know you are an expert for businesses that are you know kind of startup and and why so many of them fail. What is the the number of businesses that start up and then uh, don't make it?
0: Well according to the SBA, they say most of the startups uh, one third of the startups that begin uh only make it. I'm, excuse me, I'm saying that backward. One-third of the startups fail and maybe two-thirds make it. And that's the okay. first five years. And then the second five years, half of that two-thirds ends up remaining. So um, because of that, there's a lot of risk involved with starting a business. And just mm-hmm. because you start a business doesn't mean that you – it could be a it could be a miscalculation of the marketplace. It could mm-hmm. be a mistargeting of the marketplace. It could be you don't have competent management. So I basically say there are five things that determine that, uh, the, the success and failure of a business or the vitality of a business. And that's okay. what my book is based on, the five factors of risk. Great. Well, let's go through those
1: five factors of risk. And let's just start at the obvious, number one.
0: Okay, number one is personal characteristics. You know, the personal characteristics of the entrepreneur. The second okay. one is uh, intangible operations risk. That's the intangible things that affect the business of the enterprise Mm -hmm. and then you have enterprise operations which are the things inside the business you know the efficiencies the customer turnover metrics and those type of things and
1: Mm -hmm. then you
0: have market climate risk that deals with the market climate and the vitality of the business and the terrain of the business in terms of the marketplace and lastly you have something called business environment risk which involves um, environmental things that uh, affect The uh, profitability or the success of a business, it could be extreme weather, it could be a terrorist activity, it could be crime. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that affect a business from an environmental perspective, and that's the five key factors that involve uh, business risk and determine success or failure.
1: Okay. So you mentioned the first one Mm -hmm. is, is, and it's the key. It is the person Mm -hmm. who is starting up that business. Mm -hmm. You know, we all like to think, Ooh, I can be an entrepreneur. What I, my knowledge, my product, my service, my whatever Mm -hmm. is great. And people will buy from me, but that's not always the case. So, you know, what, what type of personality and kind of what are those factors that you look for in a person? to determine, you know, first of all, if they're going to be successful or not. And then, of course, there are some things that they can learn and improve on.
0: Sure. Personal characteristics, uh, you know, piggyback on what you're saying. Personal characteristics involves uh, the personal characteristics of the entrepreneur, like uh, your age, your Mm -hmm. gender, your uh, education level, your ethnicity, the length Mm -hmm. of time that you've owned a business. And your experience in the industry. Those are some key factors that determine sometimes uh, uh, success or failure. Because personal characteristics says, well, if you don't have any experience in that industry, you're trying to start a business, you would have a high risk index right there. Right. Because you don't have experience in the industry. So you're not going to be a major player in the industry. And you may be getting into an, uh, a business or actually an industry that's highly saturated. So, mm-hmm. you need to know some key things about the uh about the uh the marketplace now okay. what I did find in my research that is a very very good indicator to your audience is that age excuse me i shouldn't say age gender did not have an effect on business success hmm. or business risk interesting oh absolutely um however, age did have some uh some uh i guess influence on your uh level of risk because mm-hmm. most people that start a business do it between the ages of 45 and up maybe 45 okay. and 55 and you probably right. say right
1: We're kind done with corporate america right
0: exactly we've been
1: laid off whatever you're
0: more seasoned by the time you start a business mm-hmm. around that age and also you take the business a lot more serious because you know you only have one chance to get it right yeah mm-hmm. you some a lot of you know, you somebody might counter that and say well Uh, Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook when he was 20-something. Yeah, but see, that's an anomaly there. Right. And he had a lot of very good advisors. Absolutely. He had advisors who were, what, probably people in their 40s and 50s. Right. So age has a critical factor because, one, when you, you obviously either graduated from school or you took business classes, so you're more seasoned by the time you start a business. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, we you know, we make our mistakes, you know, when we're younger and then they tend to shape how we view things as we get older. So age is a critical oh. factor. Now, another one that I talked about is uh, your expertise in that industry. I, mm-hmm. I talked about that a little bit, but I'm going to talk about it from this aspect. Your expertise in the industry also translates to your expertise in dealing with different vendors, dealing okay. with different contracts, dealing with attorneys dealing mm-hmm. with the uh, some of the things that, you, that are involved with the business. So industry experience cannot be overstated. So it's definitely a risk. And most people tend to start businesses in the industry that they had worked before they start the business. Mm-hmm. So right. that that would probably, probably cancel that out a little bit. But you also have people who try to go against the grain and they try to start a business in the industry they have no experience in, and that's a mm-hmm. high risk index.
1: Right. Yeah, an, an example that I'm thinking of are all of my friends – that you know, and, and business associates probably fifteen years ago or so, who thought the the housing market is so absolutely fabulous. So that's why I'm not sure about the date, but um and so they became realtors because there was big money in it mm-hmm. and all of those things. And I honestly don't think a single one of those is still there because now some of them did it as a part time thing. Mm-hmm. But many of them it really was something where they had zero knowledge about mm-hmm. But they thought, ooh, I can go make money.
0: Oh, I've, that's a cautionary tale, Deb. Uh, that happens so often. And I remember those infomercials at night saying if you buy you know, this program, you know, invest mm-hmm. in this program, you can buy properties or, and acquire properties. in real estate, one of the things that I never liked about real estate, I used to be a loan officer. What I never liked about real estate is there are so many intermediary, intermediaries that you have to deal with. You have right. to deal with the bank, you have to deal with the seller, you have to deal with the buyer, you have to deal with, mm-hmm. uh, do they have access to capital, do you have to deal with the people managing the property, you have you have to deal with so many intermediaries. So mm-hmm. that's why I never liked real estate, but I do respect the profitability of it. If you can right. manage the intermediaries, you can make some money. But however, because the thing about real estate is almost like the thing with entrepreneurship, many are called, mm-hmm. but few are chosen. Okay. Right. And if everybody sees the same thing that you see, well, the marketplace is merciless. We have something mm-hmm. called the, the Darwinism, social Darwinism, the survival of the fittest in business. And it's, it couldn't be more true to your example about the real estate, because mm-hmm. 100 people that get in, maybe 10 may be successful. That's what, mm-hmm. 1%, 10%? Right. So mm-hmm. just because a lot of people get in to something and see, and then, then it becomes a commodity. Well, mm-hmm. it's only gonna be it's only gonna bless the people who are fortunate. After all, of the ones that get in. There's another theory in economics called uh, creative destruction. Anytime you mm-hmm. have a new thing that comes into the marketplace, it automatically disrupts the incumbent leader. So that's why that's why everybody's big on uh, technology and these startup companies because they do they constantly do something called disrupt. Uh, excuse me, creative destruction. Okay. which is disruptive tech of uh, disrupt the disruptor innovation, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot. It also happens in real estate. It happens in all industries. There's always going to be a game changer that comes along and redefines all the boundaries of the uh, marketplace. Mm-hmm. And the people that were dominant in the previous regime are not going to no know longer going to be dominant anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I'll give you a great example of that. Do you remember Kodak and Polaroid with the, uh, photo mats where you stop to drive right. in and get your film mm-hmm. developed
1: yeah you you left the little container uh-huh. and mm-hmm.
0: you went through a drive through and dropped it off mm-hmm. well when digital cameras came out and uh, desktop publishing came out it totally destroyed their industry
1: right and they and they refused to try to catch up they
0: refused to change and now they're, re- they're reaping the uh, repercussions of what they didn't do they didn't they didn't do any strategic planning Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is is now is people can take a, a, a digital camera, and take a picture, it almost looks as good as uh when you would go get film developed. Right. So what what happened when that happened? They they lost the profitability on film development, mm-hmm. the chemicals that they use. So the vendors who sold them the chemicals to do the the photos and everything. So mm-hmm. all of those all of those uh economies, I would say, all of those uh eco systems were all disrupted when they came out with digital cameras.
1: Right. And many of them did not survive.
0: Many did not survive. And they had to reinvent their business model or redefine it because they were no longer dominant in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And now you tell these kids now, well, I got to drop off the film at a photo mat. They're going to look at you like, what is that? Right. Why do you have to do that? (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's just a different world now. Mm -hmm. Just a different world. Right. And
1: you know, that's always something that I think business owners need to be doing is that forward thinking, you know, the, the what ifs. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: and, and, and it doesn't matter if you're the one person in your bedroom or, you know, you've, you've built up your business and, and you're a very big business. You do have to be thinking that. I mean, who would have thought Kodak would fail?
0: Nobody, you, especially their investors. And this happens oh, yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be a game changer that comes along, and you're going to have to redefine your business model. I'll give you another Mm -hmm. example, uh, newspapers.
1: Oh, definitely. Newspapers
0: never made the connection to the internet. Now they're doing it. So Mm -hmm. they they kept thinking they're going to make money when people keep subscriptions. Now people can look, get their iPads and read the uh, newspaper or periodicals on their uh, tablet Mm -hmm. or iPad. Well, right. Why didn't you think to change your business model to if they, people want to read the newspaper, they have to get a subscription online. You didn't, mm-hmm. print, you didn't have any production costs. You didn't, mm-hmm. pay, you didn't spend any money for ink. You didn't spend any money for paper. But you made the same profitability by getting them to sign an online subscription. Right. They just did not plan to deal with the business model. And they're just now catching up. The publishing industry in terms of that, they're all still playing catch up. Mm-hmm. And people read things at the airport. I mean, buying magazines, they still will. That's not going to change. But right. most people are wired up. And they most mm-hmm. people have tablets or iPads. And they, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to read a newspaper and pack my iPad with me. I have no, there's no obsolescence involved. I don't have to throw away paper. I mm-hmm. don't have to worry about keeping paper or storing paper. So there's so many advantages when you can change your business model to reap the new technology or the mm-hmm. shift in technology.
1: Right. You know, and, and another one of those examples is right on my corner down here, not far away. Mm-hmm. They just tore down a Borders bookstore.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: and it has, Jeez. it's never been open since, you know, since we've been here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and so it closed long ago. But yeah, Borders, Barnes & Noble, you know, the, the independents, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, none of those even thought that Amazon would be be a factor at all. And now, of course, mm-hmm. Amazon is, is, you know, branching out into so many other things with their overnight delivery. their oh, yeah. their You know, I'm in Atlanta. I can get stuff delivered in an hour, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and then they're using drones and all of these things. And, and, you know, so many companies are refusing to look at that. So, you know, it's... It, you know we're we're painting a bleak picture, but it's really not. You know there are still so many great opportunities out there.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I'll even add that. Uh, like here in uh, Austin, Texas, we're having an issue with uh, Uber because uh, ah. all the cab drivers are complaining Uber is the best thing since sliced bread. I used Uber mm-hmm. when I was in Atlanta, and you just we all know these cab drivers are charging outrageous fees to drive mm-hmm. you less than a mile from somewhere. What is it, thirty mm-hmm. dollars? Right. So when Uber came along, Uber totally reinvented the uh, industry by saying, I can get your driver by where you are already. And then you're not having to spend money to drive, what, 20, 20 minutes where you are. Mm-hmm. And then there's a flat rate. And if you have somebody else riding a car with you, y'all split the fee and then, you're, right. then your fee is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Cab drivers, well, what they did in the state of Texas was they tried, I believe they were successful, they outlawed Uber because the cab mm-hmm. drivers complained. Now, you have to understand, Deb, you're going to keep seeing this over and over. Oh, yes. They cannot legislate against new technology or new breakthroughs because one of the things that they're trying to do is keep a business model that's that's vanishing. Mm -hmm. You know, you ask most people, would they rather use Uber than use a cab? And what are people going to tell you? I'd rather use Uber. Right. The cab drivers were charging outrageous prices to drive Mm -hmm. you from the airport. They'll charge you to drive you around. And I'm speaking Mm -hmm. from experience because I travel a lot, especially when I have to do uh, expert witness testimony. Mm -hmm. So, and then I can say another industry that I believe they did it in the state of Texas, because I think the tourism industry, they're watching all of this, was Mm hotels.com. You can go book a hotel. You can get it at a flat rate. You can see if they have rooms available or rooms that they couldn't sell, so they can sell them at a discount rate. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of the hotels in Austin were complaining about that, so they outlawed hotels dot com. Are they trying to make them pay luxury? I'm sorry, I forgot what the tax that is they have. Oh yeah, the the hotel hotel tax. tax, tax. Thing. There mm-hmm. you go. And it's like, guys, listen, those days are over. Okay, right. you're not going to be charging people all of these exorbitant amount of fees, and they they see they're relying on that fee structure, but technology mm-hmm. always disrupts those things. And, right. and they refuse to change. And there's two kind of people there, but you know this. There, it's only two people that don't change, stupid people and dead people. And you right. got to figure out where you are in between <laughs> the two. Which one am I? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, you can't legislate against technolo- technological breakthroughs. It just, right. you just can't do it. And mm-hmm. that's a lot of it is protectionism. They want to be Mm -hmm. protected and maintain the same level of profits by doing the same business model that they've been doing 30 plus years. And their business model no longer is viable. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work anymore. So,
1: Well, and that's where it's tricky for the, shall we say, more mature mm -hmm. entrepreneur. Absolutely. Because... They're, they're not so in tune with technology in many cases. Now, obviously, it depends on what the product or service is, you know, yes. in, and so it's, but but yeah, in it, but still, you know, I talk to businesses that say, we don't even have a website.
0: Oh, wow. Really? Oh,
1: you know, wow. And it doesn't matter what the business is, you know, because there's that little thing called Google mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and people want to look it up. You know, if I'm going to a restaurant, I want to see what the other reviews are. Yes. You know, and, and. You know, or if I'm going to hire a painter, what have people said about her on Yelp? You know, all of these things. And, you know, and and then my favorite are the people who look at me and say, well, I don't have to have a website because I have a Facebook page. And I tell them, no, 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 bad, 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 bad. Because that's not (laughs) their site. You know, the the next time you talk to Facebook, you know, it's. They could change it. In fact, they do. They change how they look. They change the algorithms, all of those various things. And, you know, who knows? Maybe the next time you log in, they're going to say, okay, it's going to cost you money. Absolutely. And and so you always absolutely have to have at least a one or two-page website. I mean, you know, we're not saying get complicated here. Right. But I totally you know, and agree. so that is where it's hard, but it's so easy anymore. I take that a step a further, website.
0: Deb. I had mm-hmm. a guy that gave me some advice when I was starting my business. And he said, told me this, mm-hmm. and I really want your audience to hear this. He said, I can tell you're not serious about business. When I look at your business card, and you have a Yahoo address on your business card. Yep. Or AOL. huh. Ah! He said, I said, well, I mean, I think I, I know I agree with you. Tell me why. He says, mm-hmm. when people see you with that, or I see you with it, you're mm-hmm. just trying to do business, but you're not willing to spend the money into your business or invest into the right. business and go have your website built and go mm-hmm. have your own email address.
1: Yep. And, you know, it, it used to be that when we bought a URL, and this was <clears throat> back in the dark ages, Yes. <laughs> it was $75. And, I mean, uh-huh. that was a chunk, especially if you were a new business starting out. Yes. Now, holy cow, you can go to, to one of the, the providers and get it for under five dollars a year. Absolutely. I you know this this
0: is not it's, a big deal. It's gotten cheaper. Uh now people I paid when I first built my website for my business, uh, it was like I paid a developer twelve hundred dollars and then oh, I know. And then now it's like they can build a website for about a hundred bucks. Right. And you, right. Uh-huh. you
1: know, and, and you know, so many people now use WordPress. Uh uh-huh. I mean, you know, and and so you can do it yourself. But now here's here's my tip for entrepreneurs. You know, I, I like tinkering on websites. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think it's fun. I like putting new widgets, all those various things. Mm-hmm. And I can just get myself so tangled up and wrapped up in it. And pretty soon I've spent a day on it. Mm-hmm. That's not the best use of my time. Nope. You know, and, and so I always kind of go by the rule. If it's going to take me more than about 15 minutes, maybe I need to outsource it. So let's talk about, because that I think is one of, especially if you are just starting out a business, Mm -hmm. money is tight. Yes. You know, and, and in fact, in a lot of cases, money is negative. Uh Um, So what tips do you have for entrepreneurs to, to say, you know what, sometimes, and we've all heard that it takes money to spend money, but you know, why do they need to, to consider outsourcing things?
0: Well, uh deb you have to understand and i know you know this cuz you're about as you have about as much experience as i do business is a team sport you right. not if you're an entrepreneur you're going to do everything well so you have to you have to manage your circle of competence and what i mean by mm-hmm. circle of competence is if you're good at something stay in your lane if you're right. good at marketing don't try to do accounting hire an accountant mm-hmm. for that you mm-hmm. have to be strategic in how you manage your business and manage the, the resources in your business so you'd you rather go order, what is it, Uh, what's that, Turbo tax, guess, right. s- screw up your taxes, mm-hmm. try to learn software, trying to do your taxes instead of just hiring a CPA. Then mm-hmm. you get a letter from the IRS saying they want to do audit because they don't believe the taxes that you file were doesn't make sense. Right. You can't, sometimes you just can't do stuff on the cheap. You have to mm-hmm. invest in your business. You have to put sweat equity. You also have to put capital equity into it. Mm-hmm. If I'm not saying you have to go out and buy the store. What I'm saying is you have to be strategic about your resources and try to manage your resources which are Mm -hmm. big resources time. Mm -hmm. It's like the guy who's at home on the weekends. He'd rather pay a yard man, right? Instead of him doing it himself because Mm -hmm. it's going to take me two hours to cut the yard. I can pay a yard man and I can still keep maintaining the other things that I need to do. So Mm -hmm. my tip you know, given that anecdote or given that analogy, my tip would be you have to understand business is a team sport and right. you have to manage your team and you have to manage a circle of competence. You're not going to do everything well. So you mm-hmm. have to work at what, you know, get someone else to fill in the holes of your competence and mm-hmm. manage and manage those resources because time is a valuable resource. And right. the time that it takes for you to learn something, you know, we don't have learning curves for entrepreneurs. Either you're in or you out. Either you're making right. money or you're oh, losing yeah. money. Mm -hmm. So that's what you have to keep in mind.
1: Well, and you can certainly do things like trades. You know, you Uh you mentioned the CPA. So maybe it's the marketing person who goes to the CPA and says, (coughs) excuse me, you know, what what deal can we work out? You know, I'll help you with your marketing. I'll help Mm -hmm. you with your social media,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, whatever it is. Maybe you are a plumber, Uh you know, and, and you go to the CPA and you say, you know, for a year Uh I'm at your beck and call or, you know, whatever, Uh so that it's not actually costing you money. Now, remember Mm -hmm. though, sometimes that puts you further down on their priority
0: list. I would totally agree. (laughs) I would totally agree.
1: (laughs) But you know, it's, it is definitely something. So you're not just writing the check, writing the check, writing the
0: check. Well, there's bartering and that's, 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 that's like the, the, That was the old way of doing business. If I could do something for you, you do something for me, and then we're both Mm -hmm. whole. And I totally agree with that. And I believe – and most CPAs from the ones that I've met have had experience. Most CPAs are cynical. They're negative. The Mm -hmm. CPA will tell you how much money you're making, and that's it. He'll tell you where you're losing money. A marketing guy has to balance that CPA. The marketing guy is the yin, and the CPA is the yang. So Mm -hmm. the marketing guy says, okay. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Mister Accountant. What if we go pursue a new market? What mm-hmm. if we find a market that's underserved? See, that's right. a totally different thinking and different mindset because a marketing mm-hmm. guy looks for opportunities. A CPA doesn't really look for opportunities. He tells you what it is. He gives you the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. So you got to have best of both worlds under your under your administration. You got to have a mm-hmm. marketing guy. You got to have a CPA guy. Mm-hmm. Now, old school, the old school mantra used to be, and I totally still subscribe to it is. You have to go by ABC. You need an attorney, you need a banker, Mm -hmm. and you need a CPA. Right. And that's the holy trinity of business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the holy trinity intact, you will get yourself in trouble.
1: Right. You know, and and it's so important that on things like that, that you're not doing it the cheapest way possible. Yes. You know, you you mentioned attorney. Well, you know what? You can go online. You can incorporate. Did you do it correctly? You know, Mm -hmm. all of those various things. And- you, know, we're not again. We're not talking you a thousand dollar retainer. Right. You can find a great business attorney that you know who will give you an hour's worth of time, mm-hmm. but you're set up correctly. Um. You know, uh-huh. I was uh, back in Colorado not long ago, mm-hmm. and you know uh, having a, a big family get together, and was just delighted when my nephew, who's in his twenties, so you know he's he's in that much younger group. For, for being an entrepreneur uh-huh. is setting up his own business and it's going to be like a handyman painter you know that type of thing yes. and the first words out of his mouth were I'm getting a business license and registering my company and I went Ding! Because, you know, he knew, uh, his big thing was liability. You know, there, he, he knew oh, yeah. that with what he was doing, there is a, a much bigger risk of things going wrong, you know, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But he was setting it up properly. And he said, it's taking me longer, but I'm doing it right. And here's here's one of my favorite sound effects. So I know that eventually this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and... and and you know but it came from a passion which i think so many entrepreneurs have to or we have to have it i mean you know mm-hmm. you you just you just can't say hey i want to do that but it was something where his friends were saying hey can you do this for us on the weekends on the evenings uh-huh. and he did and you know and then he started kind of charging for it and then he paused and he thought this is going to make money but I need to do it right. Yes, And I think that's how so many businesses get started, but they skip the, and I have to do it right part.
0: I totally agree. And I'll I'll take one step further with that, Deb. Uh, You gotta be careful about business entity types, which is one of the risks that I talk about in my book, which will be the Mm -hmm. intangible operations. So Uh proprietorships are very risky. And I'll tell Mm -hmm. you why they're very risky. If uh, you have a business, and say, let's say you're a car mechanic. I'll give you something hypothetical. Mm-hmm. And you go work on a guy's car, and a guy drives off your place. And you obviously you have a receipt showing that you mm-hmm. did the work. And he has a wreck and kills his whole family. Well, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen? Well, the family's attorney—you didn't fix the car right. Yeah, the family's attorney mm-hmm. is going to come after you. And if you're a sole proprietorship, and all the banks know this, when you—if mm-hmm. uh, you don't, even if you have your business registered even if you did all of that and you mm-hmm. go to your bank account and they're going to keep treated as a personal account. They're not going to treat right. it as a business account. Mm-hmm. So when that attorney comes after you, he's going to go seize all of your assets or put a freeze on your assets. And mm-hmm. he's probably going to prevail in, in court because he's going to say, listen, you caused this accident. So we're going to sue you. We want damages. They're going to freeze mm-hmm. your bank account. And you know why? Because you didn't have a separate entity for your business. Right. He could sue the business and not sue you personally. OK. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of guys make the mistake, because if you if you I, I learned this with my bank, when you go mm-hmm. to a bank and open up a bank account or a business account. First thing the banker is going to ask you or uh, the person that set you up with the business account is where are your articles of incorporation. Right. And if you don't have articles of incorporation, they're going to treat the, bus- the bank account like a personal account. Mm-hmm. and and the thing about that is if you get sued that means they can come after your house they can come after mm-hmm. your bank accounts they're most likely going to freeze your account because they're going to get a court right. order mm-hmm. and now you're now you're you're legally you're legally liable for everything because you ran the business as a sole proprietorship mm-hmm. so you right. want to stay away from sole proprietorships now another thing that's <laughs> bad that's worse than a sole proprietorship is a partnership Oh, yes. Oh. Partnership is a sole proprietorship times two knuckleheads, okay? Mm-hmm. Meaning I'm a partner with you, and you decide one day that you want to find God, but you're going to take all the money out of the business and just leave. I have no legal recourse. Right. So you have to have the right entity in place to protect yourself. So a business starting should either get an LLC, mm-hmm. an S-Corp, or a C-Corp. Most mm-hmm. likely a LLC if you're starting out, or LLP. Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm.
1: and you know, it, it varies a little bit from state to state uh-huh. as to you know what you're doing, but you know that, that that's where it comes back to the first a attorney yes. because they will advise you on that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and and my business is an LLC, uh-huh. and it's you know it was it was very easy for me to set up. Mm-hmm. Call you know I set it up in Colorado, and Colorado mm-hmm. actually, um was was you know pretty easy on on how to do stuff. But it was funny because mm-hmm. I had people who said oh, no, you should have done it as a sole proprietorship. Oh, my because God. Because then, well, and, and their their rationale was that way I could I could qualify for and say that I I was a woman-owned business. And I said, I'm still a woman-owned business. You know, it doesn't matter. Wow, <laughs> and I said, exactly. Yeah. What, where know, did and, that come from? <laughs> oh, well, and, you know, it was just the weirdest thing. And, and, I mean, we see that because companies, if you're dealing with a larger company, a lot of times they, they have quotas. Right. Or they have preferences, right. you know, they want to deal with minorities. Right. But I said, you know, I know an LLC can still say that it is a woman owned business. It's, you Absolutely. Know, it's 100% a hundred
0: percent a woman owned business. You, even, um, even if you were had all male partners and you were like right. say, the principal partner, mm-hmm. they, you yes. would still qualify as a female oh, yeah. owned business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and so that was where it was good to not pay attention to my friends, you know, because they meant well. I mean, they really did think yes. that it would get me more contracts, but It was like, no, you know, I, I want to, and, and it's funny because I provide a service. Right. Probably not going to get me sued. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things, but I'm also one of those people that always wants to be prepared. So I also have an umbrella business policy yes, to make sure that, you know, and, and folks, we're talking cheap. This is not something you get a lot of coverage for not a lot of money, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and it's well worth not having to worry about it. Now again, depends on your business. My nephew, his insurance is going to be very different mm-hmm. because he's, you know, he's he's he really is in a position where you know there can be a lot of liability. Oh, yeah. Mine's going to be much cheaper. So mm-hmm. you know, that's where having trusted business advisors really does pay off.
0: Oh, absolutely. You have to have a have to have a team in place, a team of advisors, and that was one of the other risks that I talked about in the book. Mm-hmm does the business have a team of advisors for guiding the business? And I'm not talking Mm -hmm. about board of directors. I'm talking about do you have mentors you can go to that you Mm -hmm. have access to? a mastermind group. Absolutely. Because business is getting more complex. It's not like it was when my parents and your parents grew up. Mm -hmm. Businesses are, because we have international things that involve globalization, business is very complex, and it's not, I mean, it's simple on some things and very complex on other things. And, you know, you get into legalities of ownership, trademarks, all those type mm-hmm. of things. Like, I all learned right. this the hard way. Uh, I tried to trademark my business name when I first started. And the uh, examiner mm-hmm. at the Patent and Trademark Office, U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the examiner rejected my application. Oh. He said that it was a company in Seattle that had a similar name to mine. And he felt mm-hmm. that it would be confusion in terms of the trade in the trade Mm -hmm. dress, which was kind of poppycock. Mm -hmm. Well, I had to go back and pay another $1,200 to an attorney to go do another search. And I finally got my business name registered in a trademark. Mm -hmm. But it was, you know, that I said, I have to do this. Because one, because I'm protecting my name and I have to have those things in place. And how would you like to uh, not trademark your business? And you get a cease Mm -hmm. and desist letter from a company that said, They've been in business for thirty plus years and they're issuing you a cease and desist letter to not use that name anymore. Mm-hmm. And you've already invested in a name. You've bought stationery, you bought had monogram shirts. You got your website. You got your website. So now you just that's you just killed your business mm-hmm. because you didn't do your due diligence.
1: And your name Is not a good enough business name. I mean, and I'm saying, you know, your name, yes, it can be the business name. Mm -hmm. For example, yours is, um, mine isn't, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's, um, but you can't assume that because you used your name, that's okay. Uh You know, there, there are other people out there with your name or similar names Uh or all of those various things. Uh So again, you know, take that time, make sure that you're protected.
0: Oh, absolutely. And and, and you, even if you find a unique name and try to protect your name, you can still be vulnerable to someone claiming that they had the name before you. Now you got to mm-hmm. fight it out in court. Right. If you want to be in business, it's, remember many a call and fewer chosen? This is your chosen moment. Mm-hmm. Are you going to fight to keep your business name and fight and do the things that you need to do? Or are you just going to say, well, I'll go get a job and that's it? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm
1: hmm. You know, and, and it's interesting because all of these little glitches along the way are the reasons businesses fail. Absolutely. You know, and, and especially if you're going up against somebody who has bigger, more powerful attorneys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and, 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 you know, sometimes people just change the name. I mean, you know, that works. Uh-huh. But, you know, many times they just think, no, nah, I'm not going to do it.
0: Uh, and, and you have to see business like this. It, business is about what you bring in and what you, what comes out. Okay, Mm -hmm. you always want to be on the right side of zero, not on the left side of zero. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have to keep that in mind. Anything that has to be taken care of, you should take care of it. If your business name needs to be changed because someone else has that same name. Well, you know what? Just do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're going against the grain. You know, you're fighting something that you're not going to win. A guy had the business name before you did. You're not going to, like, make everybody change over jump on your side. You have mm-hmm. people with unrealistic expectations like that as entrepreneurs. Right. So
1: And and you know, there's that thing called Google. Uh-huh. You Google the name. Yes. You know, <laughs> see where it might come up somewhere else. Uh-huh. And you know and, and and it doesn't matter if it's a different industry, you know, all those various things because you know, now sometimes obviously location matters and uh-huh. and things like that and mm-hmm. and but it's it's pretty easy anymore to start doing your own research.
0: You you hit it right on the head, Deb. You can Google. You have to use the internet as a research tool or mechanism for you to make sure that you're doing things. Now, if you don't want to do that, we'll find you an attorney. Pam his fee. Mm-hmm. The attorney right. can do that for you. Now I know legalism. And a lot of people using LegalZoom, and it's a great, great business. LegalZoom can do a lot of those things like uh, incorporate your, uh, mm, incorporate mm-hmm. you in your state. I live in the state of Texas, and the state of Texas is really bad about incorporation laws. I mean, mm-hmm. how much did it take for you to get your LLC in your state? 60 bucks. Okay, perfect. Most states are 60 bucks. In the state of Texas, mm-hmm. to uh, get an LLC or a... Uh, C-Corp designation or S-Corp designation, it's about three dollars or $400. Mm-hmm. And they then they got smart. You know how people will go to Delaware and get a-
1: Right. Get uh-huh, a, because there's no tax, you know, all tax. that good stuff. Well, uh-huh. what the
0: state of Texas did was if they said if you go out and uh, get your business incorporated outside of the state and you try to come back to the state, because you probably did it because you live in the state of Texas, they
1: mm-hmm. will
0: consider your, your corporation a foreign corporation and they want $700 or something ridiculous to do business oh. in the state, I wish mm-hmm. I were making this up. It's, it's, uh state of Texas has the strangest business laws that I've ever seen. <laughs> well, they keep <laughs> trying to secede, you know, so. I think that's a lot of hot air. They, they, they're not going to secede. They're saying that, but they don't really mean it. <laughs> oh, I, trust me.
1: <laughs> they realize, nah, they really don't want to.
0: Well, mm-hmm. Texas— a lot of states feed into the state of Texas and if the state of Texas separated from the United States, it would be to their detriment. Right. So, I mean, that's a lot of hot air for political mm-hmm. campaigning that you want to get people to believe mm-hmm. you're the new guy. Oh yeah. But uh, in practicality, in reality, it is not going to work. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Right.
1: But you bring up a good point and that is really research it by state, mm-hmm. you know, because when I moved here to Georgia, mm-hmm it's fairly expensive. Um, I think it's several hundred dollars Mm -hmm. and I met with my attorney. Uh I did the thing and I said, do I have to move? And he said, you know, right now, no, you know, Mm -hmm. and, 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 but that's because I'm not making millions of dollars. right? You know, if, if I were making millions of dollars, he said, yeah, George is probably going to want a piece of that. Now, clearly I have a CPA, so I still pay taxes, you know, Mm -hmm. all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, he, he said, it's okay for me to still stay incorporated in Colorado. Uh-huh. I have a registered agent there, mm-hmm. you know, all of those various things. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I researched it. And, and that's where, you know, a- again, you know, I wouldn't have known. I just kind of assumed, oh, you know, ooh, it's either okay or it's not okay. Uh-huh. But I didn't know why. Um, and, you know, he charged me half hours worth of, of work. I mean, this was not a big deal.
0: It's, it's really unfortunate, Deb, and I think my state and your state have similar laws. Mm-hmm. Charging people exorbitant amount of fees for incorporating a business is, right. is just ridiculous. Okay, uh,
1: And especially because it's a small business mm-hmm. that that fee could be their entire profit for several months.
0: Yes. See, they're killing entrepreneurship, not only the dream of the entrepreneur, but they're killing commerce. Because right. you have to remember something. When people start a business and they have to hire people because they mm-hmm. can't do everything themselves, where you're putting people back to work. So when mm-hmm. you have all these ticky tack laws about you, if you incorporate it outside of the state, we're going to charge you and designate you as a foreign corporation. I mean, the reason why people are doing it is because they want to save money. Why would you want to pay $400 to incorporate a business where you can pay $69 in another right. state? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, they have some very draconian laws, state laws about that kind of stuff. And I really think mm-hmm. they need to be changed and really need to be right. repealed.
1: Right. You know, and, and especially because it is pretty easy for people to, no, we're not going to say get around them, mm-hmm. but to, to figure out something else is, you know, and and, and so then, or for, for many people to just say either, A, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm or b I'm going to to do it without uh-huh. um and then of course we're back into the the liability problems and all of those various things yes. so you know it's it'll be you know it's it's always interesting to see how things evolve and, and change over time
0: well remember I'm in a state that's trying to that did outlaw Uber and trying right. to outlaw dot uh, hotel.com it's like mm-hmm. they 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 just refuse to understand that you can't do business like that Right. And, 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 you know, the state of Texas is a great place to live, but some of the laws are just absolutely, uh, just unconscionable.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, and, and it's funny because that is one of the reasons why I tell people and, and especially small business owners mm-hmm. get involved in your chambers of commerce absolutely, you know, and, and your business associations, because you might not have a voice, you know, and, and, but when you're part or an industry association, you know, they, they all hire lobbyists, all of those various things. And, you know, they'll keep you on top of things, whether it's a city council Uh ordinance. You know, I'm from Colorado. Uh And, of course, you know, a lot of what's been going on out there pertains to marijuana. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and so, you know, the the county that I am from is a very small county up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And the way that the law was written to allow uh, marijuana legalization was that counties could opt out. And so oh, wow. the county that I am from opted out and said, nope, it is still illegal in this county. There have been several businesses that have thought, wow, this would be, you know, for whatever reason, a great place to have, you know, either a, a, a place, a, a retail store uh-huh. or, you know, one of the companies that went up there wanted to do one of the hydroponic growing, whatever thing those are. Yes. And, and they said, you know, we could bring 300 jobs to this region and we could do all of this. and we you know And, and the county still said no. Um, you know, and, and so it's interesting because it does vary from place to place mm-hmm. and from county to county, sometimes even just city to city. So your trade associations, your business associations, mm-hmm. all of those things can help you stay on top of those or notify you, Hey, you know, this is about to change uh-huh. um, because as a small business owner, we can't keep track of that, you know, and, and we don't care. You know, there's there's so many things that go through a legislature every year or, you know, county commission, yes. all those things. We don't care. And all of a sudden, oops, you can't do business the way you used to do business.
0: Well, the the, the other part of that, Deb, is this. This is just like the the, the uh, era of prohibition. Eventually, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll. they're going to have to they can't keep ignoring the profits that come right. from this and they're doing it legally. That's not I believe right. that the stigma to this has to be the people that either. Partake in smoking marijuana, all, the, all mm-hmm. the ancillary things that came with it, like the obviously uh, drug trafficking. But if they manage it and, and and you know regulate it, well, they they can actually stop and circumvent a lot of those things right. that they're trying mm-hmm. to fight against. But I mm-hmm. believe it's eventually going to be uh, legalized in all states because look at all the money that was spent oh. with law enforcement and uh, TEA or the DEA mm-hmm. with all of that. Well, that was money that that could have been allocated somewhere else because they're Mm -hmm. spending money on law enforcement.
1: And then on the positives, I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the money that has come into the various states yes. and, and, you know, Colorado is a big example of that. Yes. When we were back there, it was unbelievable. The amount of construction projects, uh-huh. whether it was private industry or more importantly, uh, state and, and county mm-hmm. for road construction, things like that, because they got millions where all of a sudden they didn't have, you know, before they didn't have that money. And absolutely. You know, and, and so, yeah, you know, and, and then of course, you know, if it, if it gets, it's one of those things where you legalize it. And you can tax it, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. So I understand, you know, why people think, you know, but, but it is something that is, is very interesting, but Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you are a business that works in that industry. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew people when I was in Colorado who provided security systems Mm -hmm. or who provide insurance, you know, all of those things. I mean, we were talking earlier about knowing what's coming up. Uh I mean, I, I have friends that that cleaned up and made boatloads of money because they figured out that all of those uh, retail establishments had to have security. You know, I mean, it was just, it was going to be a given. They absolutely had to have security. Mm -hmm. So they started security companies that, you know, were, were able to go in and, and work with these businesses and, and give them the products and services that they needed. Yes. So they were forward thinking.
0: Yes. uh, Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You got to be forward thinking Mm -hmm. and, you know, one of the things that we, that we see is that when you have uh, emerging industries like the marijuana industry, it creates other emerging industries, other right. emerging businesses that mm-hmm. will create an ecosystem for people to jump into business. Now, you may say you may not want to do the marijuana thing, but if you want to do baked goods that incorporated that into the ingredients, that's mm-hmm. a whole separate industry.
1: Right, right, or medical issues, things like that,
0: absolutely, so you know, sometimes we have people that you know, remember goes back to the mattress, two people that won't change stupid people and dead people. I believe this mm-hmm. is a great example of that,
1: right, oh, yeah, you know, and and there it, the it always is interesting to watch the people who jump on those bandwagons early. Uh-huh. I think one of the funniest stories that I saw. Was now they they told them no, this was not permitted. Mm -hmm. But the little Girl Scout Brownie Mm troop who sold cookies right out in front of one of the (laughs) establishments—I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. (laughs) But you know, the Girl Scouts said no, no, not good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear! But I thought you know those are little entrepreneurs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, entrepreneurship—you know—when people make money and people make money for themselves as opposed to working for someone else, there's no Mm -hmm. feeling like that in the world. Yes, right. there's the downside that you're you're you, you're responsible for the risk, but I think the rewards outweigh the risk depending on the industry you're in, depending mm-hmm. on the client base that you have. There's emerging opportunities all around us, and mm-hmm. some people are going to take advantage of them, and some people won't will will not take advantage of those opportunities. Right. And you, we also have some to call passive entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. They want to jump in the game and everybody else jumps into it. And that's not a, that's Mm -hmm. not a good way to be. You want to be an active entrepreneur. You want to look at opportunities Mm -hmm. and you want to see the opportunities around you and pursue them and try to get there, try to be first base. Mm -hmm. Because once you get second and third, it's a problem.
1: Right. You know, and it is about actually doing it. Um, You know, when I started my company, Mm -hmm. Ooh, I think it's like 13 years ago now. I'm going to have to look that up, Uh but you know, it was one of these, so it's a marketing and PR firm. Uh Uh-huh. Good. And, Great. you know, yeah, when, when I originally started it, I did it weekends and evenings, mm-hmm. you know, because it was, as as one person put it, a hobby. I was like, mm, well, no, not really. Oh, okay. But, you know, I, I kind of had the, you know, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I am one of those people and I recognize it, that I am married to someone who is, um, he's in, in a very stable industry. Mm-hmm. He's not going to jump ship. He is as far from an entrepreneur as you could get. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to worry about benefits, all those various things. But that also, you know, but I also had a full-time job and was enjoying it. But I met with a business counselor who told me the best thing that she ever could have told me. She said, my business that I had founded would never be a success until it had to be. As long as I had, now I'm not saying that I divorced my husband, yes. but I am saying that I quit that day job. You know, when I had to rely on it, then I relied on it. Now that was hard. Oh, oh, you know, I, know, exactly. I, I went out to I the know. end of that diving board, and I, I might have jumped off. I know exactly I was hanging on with what my you're talking nails. about.
0: Uh, th- you know, and that is difficult. That's a mantra that I've uh, I've heard of a general. That's the, where that it sounds like where that came from. And it was the he mm-hmm. did this. They would they were going to Ireland to battle some another another army, and mm-hmm. uh, when the guy when his troops got off the boat, he burned down the boat. So the guys Ah, are looking at him. they had to succeed. Yes, he said, now you will be forced to fight. So now you don't Mm -hmm. have that crush thing. You can run back to the boat. So that'll make you more valid in fighting. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing like what she was telling you. When you don't have that cushion there, you know you have to go out there and hustle. That's a different Mm -hmm. mindset. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I totally understand that.
1: Yeah, you know, and and it is hard, you know, especially if you are the sole breadwinner or even, you know, 50-50. Yes. Because you are thinking, oh my gosh. But that comes back to what we've been saying. You have to have planned it out. Uh You know, all of these various things. So tell us about some of the other tips and techniques that that you have so that when somebody decides, okay, I'm going to burn that bridge. I'm going to, you know, I am going to jump ship on my own. What are some other things that can
0: help them be successful? One of the things that I tell some of my clients this, and you know, this is not, I'm not Mr. Guru or anything, but what I say is if you want to be successful in anything, you'd be have the, you need to have the ability to see something before everybody else does. And what I mean by that is you have to have your third eye working your, your mind's eye. And that means when Mm -hmm. you see an opportunity before anybody else sees it, that's profitability staring you in the face. And then the other part of that is once you seize that opportunity, And once you find that opportunity that you can make money, then you have to build a structure around it, build a business around it, and you will be successful. Now, that's probably easier said than done, but there's opportunities Mm -hmm. all around you. One way to spot an opportunity is to look for problems. That's how a lot of companies are created. Uh, Stamps.com was created by a guy. I forgot the name of the guy who created Stamps.com. He was actually waiting in line in the post office, and he was very upset about why Mm -hmm. it took so long to get through the post office to do, to buy a stamp or buy postal uh, products. So he came Mm -hmm. up with stamps.com. He saw that as a problem and he turned it into an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So that's what you have to do. You want to look for gaps. You want to look for problems. And I guarantee Mm -hmm. you, if you do that, you will be prosperous. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and, and, and then do the planning, you know, get your mastermind group, do all of those things You know, so that you aren't just, you know, taking that leap of faith. But at some point, it really does become Mm -hmm. taking a leap of faith.
0: Entrepreneurship by nature is a derivative of economics. And a lot of it is based on risk. Are you willing to take a risk? Are Mm -hmm. you risk adverse? Are you willing to take a chance? And some people are not risk-averse. Some people people just won't take risk. Some people just, you know, they'll say, listen, I'm fine where I am. That mm-hmm. determines some successful entrepreneurs versus other people that just don't mm-hmm. want to take any risks. When well, you step outside, it's a risk. So you have to reframe that to go, what opportunities can I seize and how can I make the most money at it? Right. And if you can answer that question or you take that mindset, you'll be successful anywhere you go or anything you're involved with.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that is something that people really need to look at because, you know, how many times have we seen someone who lost their job for whatever reason yes. and they decided, well, I'm going to go into business for myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like we said at the very start of the program, they don't have that personality for it. And, you know, and so people need to recognize that, you know, can mm-hmm. I really do this mm-hmm. or am I doing it just because there's nothing else to do?
0: And we, you know, that's a great example, Deb. And another thing I'll add to that is there's different types of entrepreneurship. And what right. you, well, a lot of people don't understand is when you're an employee, you're still an entrepreneur. You're just selling right. your time to somebody else and they pay you a fee for it. Mm-hmm. So you have employees, you have people that are self-employed who get paid by the hour, like IE, the attorneys, doctors, and you have somebody called business owners. Business mm-hmm. owners don't have to be in the business in the day-to-day activities, However, they're involved with the business, but they have people managing the business. And sometimes it takes time to get to that point because mm-hmm. I'd rather be a business owner than be self-employed. Right. Because a business owner, the profitability of the business is not dependent on my time. The profitability of the business depends on the people that I have in place to manage mm-hmm. and function and maintain the business. So we want to strive to be business owners. Yes, if you start out being self-employed, yes. Yes. You want to transition to be a business owner. And then mm-hmm. when you will go from being a business owner, then you go to being an investor. Right? Investor invests his money into other people's time, not his mm-hmm. own time. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for me to go invest in a business to starting like a great example is I want to invest in a real estate development group that's going to put new houses by, I don't know, by the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to start the business. I didn't have to put any money. I didn't have to go spend money on attorney. However, I'm an investor you are an that's a different type of entrepreneur, mm-hmm. so I have the ability to invest in different business ventures, and I have ability to get a return on my investment so there's basically four types of entrepreneurs you have to pick the right type that's for you right Some people like to work hands on well that's a self employed guy he like he's a specialist mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. loves working doing being in his field and being involved then you know that's that's you have to understand when you don't have to start a business to be an entrepreneur, you just have to know which way you want to go with it. You can be a business owner. You can buy a business. You can, be, mm-hmm. you can acquire a business. You can be an investor. So if you understand the game of entrepreneurship, that's, you'll never, never not be successful.
1: Right. Well, and you explain that in your book. Yes. So tell us again about your book and where people can find it.
0: By book, The Five Forces of entrepreneur Risk, The Causes of Business Failure. You can buy my book at uh, Amazon.com. You can buy it on eBay. You can buy my book at Barnes & Noble. And I also have a link to my website, uh, MDI Corp Ventures. If you click on the uh, link to the book, it'll take you right to, uh, you can purchase the book from one of the third-party contractors. Perfect. Uh, Also, I have a website called ResearchGate, and I also have some presentations that I've given. And it's okay. free of charge. You can download and have a copy. Like I uh, did a presentation. I know you heard of this, Deb. Multi-level marketing.
1: Uh-huh. I did
0: a one-hour presentation at Texas AM where I talk about people need to stay away from that type of business.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those that. Yes. <laughs> y- yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and now it does work fabulously for some people. And we'll just leave it at that.
0: <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Everybody yes. likes sushi, but everybody doesn't want to eat sushi. <laughs>
1: right. And, you know, and, and it comes back to the whole entrepreneur thing. Yes. You know, you you still have to put a lot of work into it.
0: There's a and lot of that's sweat. Where so many
1: people fall down as they think, well, you know, I'm I'm just going to be a level you know, on this mm-hmm. and, and they're going to give me everything. No, you still have to work very hard at it. And the people who are successful have worked very hard
0: at it. Well, a lot of people get into that business. And they don't think they have to work like what you were saying. And also the mm-hmm. other part of it is, is you're having to deal with people's perception of that type of business. And right. it's, that could also be something that's going to be a problem for you. If you can work mm-hmm. that business and it works for you uh, by all means, do what's right. If it works, do it. But if it doesn't work for you, well, it's not the end of the world. You just run successful at that type of thing. Right. There's different right. types of entrepreneurship. You just have to find the right one for you.
1: Mm hmm. Well, now, Dr. Miles, tell us about a couple of the other services that you provide for people.
0: Sure. Uh, what I do is I'm a business advisor to high net worth individuals. I uh, advise lottery winners and also professional athletes and other people with high net worth. And my, what my capacity my business is I provide consulting services. And what I do is I'm a startup expert and I'm a marketing expert. So I okay. kind of am in all phases of the business from the startup till maybe till when they consider getting venture capital, and that's mm-hmm. basically my services in a nutshell.
1: Wait, and where do they find you online?
0: You can find me online, uh, www.mdicorpventures.com. I have links to if you want to uh, contact me and are interested in uh using some of my services and expertise. I have a, a page where you put in your information. And you submit it, and I will get it. And I will definitely m- ha- make time and chat with you. Great. you know,
1: and, and the one thing I wanted to ask you about, yes. we have no time to ask about, sure. was the, when you say you're an expert witness. I mean, that just fascinates me. So, Sure. You know, but we, we did just scratch the surface on this. And there are so many things that we can continue to talk about. Yes. So I guarantee to our listeners that
0: we will have you on again. Oh, I will definitely love to come back, Deb. And I think that I'll talk about some of the cases I was involved with. Right. make you laugh.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's fun. It's, it's ever changing and never the same. I think that's one of the cool things about it.
0: Absolutely. And you have to really, really speak on the behalf of who hired you, because there's also right. people that can dispute what you say. And, oh, yeah. and so you, you have to be, you know, definitely have to be on top of your game.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely be Perfect. on top of your game. Well, holy cow, speaking of on top of the game, we're at the top of the hour. Wow. So I want to thank you again. I've been having a great time talking with Dr. D. Anthony Miles, so thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, Deb. I had a blast. I could do this all day.
1: (laughs) I know. You know, that's what makes it fun. That's that's where we have the passion, and that's what every entrepreneur really needs to think about is, could you do it all day and still enjoy it?
0: Absolutely. Perfect.
1: Well, to everyone out there, have a great day, and we'll talk with you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business.